Good evening, everybody. For, for those who are wondering what that laughing was about, um, you know, it's fantastic to feel the Holy Spirit. And sometimes our, our, our human flesh can't contain what the Spirit is doing inside of us. And so it has to come out. And it often comes out as after because we get a joy that we can't explain. We get a peace that is beyond words. We get love that we just can't hold. And uh, so that's what that was. And it's beautiful. Um, sure. I was cut for time in what I'd prepare. I normally over-prepare, which, which is my problem. Um, and now I'm, I'm really cut for time. So we... we the idea is that we go to Mossel Bay, but we're going via Oatsorn, but now we're flying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so hang in there, put your seatbelts on, and stay with me. All right. Um, yeah, so for many of you who might not know me, um, when I was very young, I just, I wanted to serve God um, but I was in the workplace, and I was frustrated because I remember specifically there was a time when I was chatting to this non-Christian. We were in a pub, which was the problem in the first place. <laughs> but they were asking me questions about God, and I couldn't answer them. And I'd been a Christian my whole life, but I was a struggling Christian. And I realized that I had no foundation of the Word in, inside of me. I'd read the Bible, I'd done my daily devotion every day, um, every morning, us as a family, my dad would read from the Bible, from faithful daily living, who's ever heard of that? And um, it was good, but I had never matured. And so out of that frustration, Kenyon myself, when we got married, we decided to sell everything. We resigned from our jobs, and we went off to Bible school because I needed to have a foundation, which was a brilliant two years of our lives. But there was a time that I got really frustrated because it was a Wednesday night, I think, and, and we had a guest speaker in the church, and he was speaking about healing. And that night was the very first night that I saw a miracle in front of my eyes, and I was the one praying. In other words, and it was for Kanya. And so, a little bit of a back story. Kanya had a back injury that she'd had for years. When I met her, she already had it. It was from a youth camp, and they had, to, they had to carry each other on their backs, and, and, and she had hurt her back. And Kanye had been to physio. She had been to all sorts of places to try and fix her back, but nothing worked. And I knew exactly where the knot was. It's like, oh, John, please rub my back. And I'd, I'd know exactly where to go because I knew where that knot was, and it was just never releasing. And he was speaking about healing, and he said, who wants to pray for, for, for someone for healing? I go, i got someone. It's Kanya. And so I grabbed her. I said, Kanya, come. I want to pray for you. She goes, oh, okay. 
And uh, I sat down in the chair, and I, I, I lifted her legs out, and I started praying. And immediately as I started praying, her legs began to move. Now, they weren't growing, but the muscles were relaxing. And it was hilarious because I, I was shocked but not shocked. And the one leg was growing, like really fast. And so I carry on praying, and then it stops. So I carry on praying, then the other leg starts to grow, but goes past the other one. So I thought, I need to stop praying because <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> and then, so I thought, no, hang on. God is in control. And so I carried on praying, and the other leg began to grow again until they came to the same place. And they were perfectly aligned. And Kanye explained to me the next day that it had, she woke up in the morning and it felt like she had been massaged the entire night. Her back was actually sore, but from like a massage sore, like a physio. And Kanye has never had that back problem again. Gone. It's, it's, and that was 26 years ago. And, um, but the next day, so the Thursday, I had to study for an exam, and I'm normally quite late in my preparations for exams, and it was a, it was a tick box. And we had, we had to read this book. I'll, I'll never forget it because I was so upset because it was about a theologian, a famous theologian called Bernard Ram. And the part that I had to read was him explaining that miracles don't happen today. And that the miracle, but we believe in miracles because it's recorded in the Bible. But they're not for now. And that confused me. I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've just witnessed my first miracle that I was praying for. And you can't tell me that wasn't real. Now a theologian is telling me that that was wrong. And I got very confused. And I'm grateful, though, in hindsight for that lesson because I started to listen very carefully to people that had high stations or that, I, that were perhaps regarded in the world as they know the Bible. And I knew that I had to read the Bible for me, not through somebody else. And that's what I want to speak to you about tonight. And um, what, what, one of the things that um, I loved when I joined Josh Jen was that every Josh Jen that I spoke to or I went to was the same. The leaders all carried the same heart. The leaders carried the same spirit. And I realized that, oh, and the, if you speak to the guys that have been around since day one, they are such um, authoritative figures in what they do in terms of the gifting that Andrew Selly obviously had the gift of reproducing himself and reproducing himself accurately. And these people were like the Timothys. So Paul saying, here's my son Timothy, follow him like he follows me. 
and, and, it was, it, it, and I, I could see that that principle had, had worked. And uh, then I realized, sure, am I doing the same? Am I able to reproduce in the same way? And there's almost a caution and a warning I felt that, you know, we've got to be careful that we don't lose that. Because, you know, with wealth, they often say the first generation makes it, the second generation spends it, uh, uses it, and the third generation loses it. And so, in a sense, we're the third generation, and we better not lose it. We better not lose that heart that was originally uh, was there to reproduce ourselves. And I've got an example of, uh, e even then in my own life, of, so, um, we were, we church planted into England, and um, uh, myself and Kanye, we led a, a Bible school for many, many years, for 16 years, and we thought we were going down the straight road, and when I joined Josh Jen, I realized there was a gap somewhere, and I couldn't put my finger on it. We went to the starting point, and I agreed with everything. It was like, that's exactly how we used to do it in the UK. That, it was the same language. It was this, I mean, it should be. It's from the same Bible. I mean, Josh Jen isn't unique. In other words, if you base your church on the Bible, it should look the same, actually. But there was this gap, and I couldn't place my finger, my finger on it. So I went to Chad, and I said, help me. And he couldn't help me, and then I went to somebody else, and I said, and so for about a year, asked Benny, I just kept quiet because I didn't want to say a word because I knew there was a gap, but I couldn't, I couldn't fasten it down. And then, eventually, I wrote a long email to uh, Andrew, because I thought he, he must be, ab be able to help me to see this gap. And so, I, I wrote this very long email to, uh, to Andrew to, to say, hang on, explain this to me. I, I don't understand it. And uh, he sent a voice note back. He'd just woken up. Um, it was about five in the morning. He was making his cup of coffee, and he's just having a chat on, on this voice note to, 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 to me uh, through Chad, and because um, I didn't know him yet, <laughs> and it's not what he said or how he explained things, but he said something that completely uh, settled me, and he said, but John, if you can show me in the Bible where I have gone wrong, please, I want to know about it. And that for me went, ah, oh. and God reminded me of a book that we had read called The Seven Mountain Mandate, which when I was reading it, I, I, I was thinking, but this, this isn't in the Bible. It's from a vision a guy had. It's not really in the Bible. And what had happened was over the next 10 years after reading this book, the church started to go slightly off. 
And after 10 years, that gap that was very small in the start had completely changed the way we thought. And when I got to Josh Jen, only then did I realize how far we had drifted. And it was incredible to, to, to see. Now, for those wondering, God gave me this uh, preach three, four weeks ago. Um, this is before the weekend that we had, the uh, leaders weekend. And, and so this has been brewing in my heart for quite a while. And, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, just for, for, for example, so sorry, I'm going slightly ahead of myself. In the Bible school, we used to teach your purpose of God is actually found in your career. You know, you're going you're to go to heaven one day and, and God's going to say, but you know what? You were a doctor, but you should have been a, a, a street sweeper. And that was in the book. But that's not biblical. That's not biblical. And I'm going to show you later what is biblical. But you see, it's not about our career. God has different plans. Anyway, but Hebrews 11, 5. Ah, 5 verse 11. <laughs> okay. It's not called Asa. All right. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. I'm going to read that last scripture again, Hebrews 5.14. It says, but solid food is for the mature. That word mature is telos in the Greek, and it, it's complete, fully growing, lacking in nothing. For those who have had their powers of discernment trained by constant, are we there yet? Ah, fantastic. Constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Constant. And that's what I want to encourage us with. Me too. This, this isn't a, uh, uh, um, what's the word? A correction in any way. Or the, this is encouraging me too. All right. And Paul warns us that milk is not sustainable. Now, in, uh, in other words, it's fine for a baby to have milk. But it's not good for an, for an adult to be only drinking milk. In fact, it might look a bit strange. Um, you see, milk is processed. In other words, a woman eats food, solid food, and then gives out milk. And so it's processed through someone else. But God is calling us, and Paul is encouraging us for us to eat the solid food, not through somebody else. And so... God gave me a picture, just now, in fact, of a woman feeding her newborn baby, but she herself 
was on medication and or substances that were not healthy for the baby. And so she was passing on that, that, that stuff. And so her reproduction was not healthy. And so what I enjoyed about when I joined Austin was that the, the reproduction was healthy, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and the problem today is that we now have milk on tap. You open Google, you listen to a podcast, it's everywhere. It, it's on tap. And so we've become lazy to read the Bible for ourselves. And I believe God is calling us to get back to the Bible. Sure. Let me... Yeah, but... Uh, I'm going to have to throw a lot out here, but anyway, I'm just quickly going to figure out what I'm going to throw out. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Okay, now let's chop that. Okay, so... The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying a lot of things. So Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7 is all the Sermon on the Mount. There's a lot of stuff there, and it's brilliant to go, th go, go through it. I suggest you do. But actually, you know what? The problem with our Bibles these days is it's got headings. It's got paragraphs. It's even got, got, got the numbers and the, and, and the verses, and those aren't meant to be there. So what happens is we read, and we get to a new paragraph, so we stop. It's like doing press-ups. Why do we only do press-ups until 10? What's wrong with 11? We <laughs> no, but, you know, I, I used to do PT with the students and whatever, and I used, used to blow the, blow the whistle, and, okay, one, two, and everyone does them 10 perfectly. 11, they're falling apart. Why? Because in their head, they're going to a round number. And, and the same happens when we read the Bible. We, we hit a paragraph and a new heading and we stop. we meant to read the whole thing. When you read the, Mount on the, the Sermon on the Mount, read the whole thing. It's meant to be one thing. And so I was going to show you how they all interconnect, but I can't now. But it does say this. Matthew 7, verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Before that, it says the gate is narrow, few will find it. Um, that leads to life. And, uh, and this is a warning that I've held dear to my heart for a long time. I, if I don't know that person's fruit... I'm very wary of what I receive from them. It could be a good teaching. It could be that they wrote a brilliant book, but I'm cautious. Because it says here that 
that you won't recognize them because they're actually dressed like sheep. And uh, I've got an example, but I can't, I'm, I'm going to run out of time. And um, let's see, uh, it carries on in Matthew 7. For everyone then, oh, it says, uh, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name? And Jesus said, and I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And so there's a real warning here that Jesus is saying, be careful. Be careful who feeds you milk. Everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. What, what's the rock? Well, it's Jesus, but it's exactly what he's been saying. So, in, in other words, Jesus is saying, anyone who hears these words, these words are, beware of the false prophets. These words are, Lord, Lord, but I thought I was serving you, and he cast them away. So, God is calling us to build properly. And the only way we do that is by shifting our mindset that it's not about us. And that's actually the title of what I'm sharing tonight. It's not about me. Because the Word of God isn't just for me. It's for everyone else. And the... Scripture I want to read, and you're going to have to go home and read this yourselves, is the whole of Matthew 13, all right? Go and read Matthew 13, throw away the, the uh, chapter headings, throw away the, the uh, verses and read it as one, and it will change the meaning completely. And um, because actually the whole of Matthew 13 happened in one day, and it says so. It, it, it was one conversation, really. And uh, Matthew 13 is about, and I'll, I'll summarize, the sower went out to sow. And we all know that scripture where, where, where the, the seed is the word of God. We are the soil, and we've got to be the good soil, and then we produce a fruit. It, it, and, and there are things that will come and rob it and things like that. I can't go through it now. Um, And Jesus then explains the, uh, the uh, parable that anyone who hears the word of the kingdom, this is 13 verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 19, anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. And uh, then he puts another parable to them. And he says, the kingdom of heaven, and, and, and this is where I want to quickly, Quickly start, Matthew 13, verse 24. All right, so Matthew 13, verse 20, 24. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. while the man, But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed 
weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came to him and said, Master, did we not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, go gather the weeds first and bind them in, in bundles to be burnt. But gather the wheat into my barn. And I looked up this word weeds, and it looks exactly like wheat. In other words, when it's growing and before it's produced fruit, it looks exactly the same. You can't tell them apart. It's only when the wheat produces wheat can you see that the weeds haven't produced the wheat. So again, it's about the fruit. It's only, we can only tell the weeds by the fruit. All right. Then Jesus explains to them, and he says this in Matthew 13, verse 37. It says, the one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, who is Jesus. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. So who's the good seed? Us. We're the good seed. All right. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun and the kingdom of their Father. In the kingdom of their Father. Let who has ears, let him hear. Wow. That's a bit scary. So, Jesus is saying, there's a progression here. First of all, we the soil. The Word of God is the seed. Then, if the soil is good, we grow. There's a mustard seed parable in between this, by the way. So even though our seed is as small as a mustard seed, it grows huge for all the birds to come and sit in and becomes a refuge, then we produce seed. And we then are the seed. We then get put into the world, and God is expecting a harvest 10, 30, 100-fold. And so my question is, how good a seed are we? Are we good seed? Because it says good seed. And I believe that God is warning us that there's also bad seed. And we've got to be careful that we don't take of that bad seed because then we will become bad fruit. Because if someone has bad fruit, we produce after them. And... Um, and then right at the end, 
In Matthew 13, verse 57, it says, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and his own household. So why do we like to go to people we don't know? You see, we're familiar with each other. And so the very thing, the fathers in our lives, we become familiar with. And so there is a saying that says, when we familiarize, we equalize. And when we equalize, we neutralize. In other words, when we become familiar, if I become too familiar with Benny, then I, equal, I, I neutralize the impact that he has in my life. So when he preaches, I sit there and I go, but that's only Benny. So I'm, 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 not, going to, I'm not going to listen to him. But this guy that I heard on the podcast, man, he's so good. He explains things much better than Benny. But when are you accountable to that okay on the podcast? When can that guy speak into your life? You see, it says in the Bible, we've got many teachers, but few fathers. And it's fathers who bring the discipleship, not some okay on the podcast. And so it's really, really important that we generate a culture where we honor each other. It says, honor your elders. But not out of a place of, you need to honor me now. No, no, we're here to serve. We're here to, we, we're here to build. We're here to, to lift you. We're here to sow into your lives. And, and um, yeah, I, I, think, I think, you know, just, just the picture that I got, I want to reiterate you know, it's not about me. It's not about me. My Christian walk, my Christian faith is not for me. It's for a broken world. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Are we sowing good seed? Are we good seed? And I think that's something that we can reflect on. It's something that we can go home, read the whole of Matthew 13. But read, but read it as one. And let's read the Bible ourselves. Because that's meat or solid food. It doesn't say meat in the Bible, but when it sees solid food, I go, meat. <laughs> you know? Yes, sure. We, we, uh, the fathers in the house sometimes have to cut the meat too. You know, with a knife, when, when, when my kids were learning to eat solid food, we, we had to take a knife and cut it into bite-sized chunks so that they wouldn't choke. And, and that's what we're trying to do here. We're hoping that we're not giving you only milk, but we're giving you f solid food that you can go away here and chew on later. All right? Because if we only gave you milk, you would never grow up. And you wouldn't be good seed. All right. And so let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word. Lord, we want to thank you that we each one of us has a Bible. We are so privileged. There are many parts in the world that don't have your word, Lord. And Father, I pray that we never take your word for granted. I pray that we never uh, neglect your word. 
Father, I pray that you would reveal your word to us in the secret places of our heart. Lord, I pray that we have endurance to train our discernment between good and evil by constant practice. Lord, that we would eat and not grow weary. That, Lord, that, that, that as we read your word, that, Father, you would, by your wisdom and spirit, Lord, that you would reveal your truths to us. Lord, that we may grow up into the things of your kingdom, Lord. That we may be sown into the world as good seed. That, Lord, that, that we would be the sons of the kingdom. Father, that you have called each and every single one of us to be teachers as we are sown. Lord, you've called every single one of us to be disciples who teach, who teach um, uh, others. So, Lord, I pray that each and every single one of us would, would grab hold of this, of this calling. Because this, Lord, is our calling. This, Lord, is our purpose. And so, Father, wherever we may be, whatever job we may be, that's not so important as what, who we are in that job, who we are in that place, Lord. And so, Father, I just pray that you would be with every single one of us, including me, Father, that I too would be that, that good seed that is sown into the world. And so, Father, use me and guide me in Jesus' name.